what's life really all about? You may have gone down a certain track in, in life and, and thought, I know that once I get there, this is going to be the answer. This is going to be, it's going to be what it's all about. I'm going to be at the top of the tree and the king of the castle. And you get there and you, and you just think, actually, it's not quite what I thought it was. And, um, you know, you may just be looking ahead this year and thinking, you know, I just, I just want more joy or I want more peace or I want, want more wisdom or I want to change or I just want to become a better person. Well, I'll tell you this morning, I've got all the answers for you. I've got all the answers for you. Well, I've actually got one answer for you and it's pretty simple. And we just sang about this beautiful name. You know, the answer for you today is Jesus. I'm just going to talk to you about Jesus this morning. I'm just going to talk to you about Jesus this morning. You know, it's, um, I know you might be thinking like, oh, of course you're going to say that. You're the pastor. It's like, of course you're going to say that the answer is Jesus. And like, but then think like, really, how can, how can this historical figure really make a difference in my life? Really, it's a, it's a bold promise that you're, you're, you're saying here. But let me tell you this, and you need to, you need to hear this, that Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And, and somehow this thing's happening where the spiritual, he's making the spiritual and the physical interact with one another and things happen in, in people's lives because of Jesus. He's, we've got stories here where Jesus has healed people, physical healing, mental illness healing, emotional healing. We know that we've, you know, this Jesus is setting people free from addictions. He's setting people free from shame. He's giving people hope. He's, he's giving people forgiveness and, and uh, finding freedom from guilt for, for things that have, that have happened. And he's giving, giving hope. He's giving hope to people for this life and the life to come. He's giving people purpose and, and excitement about, about things that are ahead. This is real. This is really happening. He's really doing this thing. This is not, this is not just hocus pocus. This is not just, not just words. This is Jesus, the Son of God that came to earth, put skin on, walked amongst us, showed us God, and is now alive in this spiritual dynamic that's a little bit tricky to get our heads around. But he's transforming lives right here, right now in the 21st century. It's just the coolest, coolest thing. And I know for me, I have to tell you this, um, just the last few weeks of um, over, over January, we've had a, had, a, had a break and I've just fallen in love with Jesus all over again. Just, just fallen in love. It's kind of a man crush thing. It's, um, and as I, as I read about how he's lived his life, how he lived his life, and, and as I... I've done a lot of um, kind of pottering around and walking, and, and as I walk, I pray, and and um, and again, just this experience of of His presence and His and His peace, and this, His joy and His love, and you know, just experienced this thing. And so, this morning, like I say, it's just a simple message about God who came to earth, put skin on, about the Savior of the world about the lover of our souls. It's about Jesus. Let's pray. Well, Jesus, we, we talk to you this morning and we just say you are, you are wonderful. Many people here can, can pray this prayer with me. 
this prayer of just such deep, deep thanks for all that you have done in our lives. And I pray this morning we'd just be reminded of the lover of our souls. We'd be reminded of, of how good you are, the Savior of the world. And how for each one of us, your love is, is complete and full and deep. Your forgiveness is real. And your arms are open wide to us, inviting us in to walk with you. To know the fullness of life in this life and the life to come. So we've got to open our hearts to you. We, we invite your Holy Spirit to come and be grabbing anything of what is said this morning that we need to hear and planting it deep in our heads and our hearts this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, it's, um, we like the PowerPoints, and often we like putting pictures up, and there's no, no records of what Jesus looked like. So we thought instead we'd just grab a picture of one of our young adults and put it up there. So. That's Josh, looking very Jesus-like. We thought, we'd, uh, we thought we'd do that. How many people here have heard of Monty Python? Uh, everyone's heard of Monty Python. All right. So they're a little bit, um, they're a little bit edgy with their humor. And uh, these guys, you know, John Cleese and Eric Clapman, or whatever his name is, Chapman, and um, Eric Idle and... They decided at one point, like, we're going to make a movie. We should, we could, what they had, had encountered is that they'd meet so many Christians, and we thought, those Christians are nutters. And, um, and we, what would be really edgy and really funny is if we make a movie mocking Jesus. That was what they decided to do. And um, so then they did their research, and you know what they discovered? is that Jesus is a whole lot better than a lot of the Christians that they'd met. They couldn't, they looked at this and they thought, this, this, is, a, this is an incredible man. And, and they said, we can't, there is nothing here that is, you know, we can make fun of because this guy is just incredible. They looked at how he lived. They looked at the, the way that he just gave his life and poured out his life for others, you know, day by day. And he had this incredible relationship, but it's just everything that he did was about was about genuine love and uh, about use and about living their life for, to, to, to benefit others, even to the point of giving of his life for others. So what Monty Python did instead is that they came up with a movie about this guy that was born at exactly the same day as Jesus, next door to Jesus, and, and his name was Brian. So that's the life of Brian. So, um, and uh, I remember when it, that came out when I was a young, a young man, a young Christian, and... Um, Everyone was saying that you've got to go and this is a they were saying this is a very blasphemous movie, and uh, and uh, you shouldn't go. You should go and see it so you can tell everyone about how blasphemous it is. And um, I, I didn't want to go to see it because I knew I'd enjoy it too much. Um, and um, look, it's um, it is um, it is a pretty funny movie. We'll just have to say that. So. And so Brian was not the Messiah. He was just a very naughty boy. That's what, uh, that's what his mum said. So, but you know, this Jesus is something quite different. And even like someone that's looking to, to make fun of Jesus, they discover this is an incredible man. This is an incredible man. 
And, um, you know, one of the cool things that I love about Jesus when I read it is that he came to show us God. This God that people weren't sure about, what is, what is he like? He seems so far off. He came to show us God. Listen to some of these scriptures. John 14, 9. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone has seen me has seen the Father. In Hebrews 1, verse 3, the Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Colossians 2, verse 9, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Colossians 1, 15, he is the image of the invisible God. He is, if we want to know God, what God's like, we just need to look at Jesus and we've got We've got this record of, of how he lived his life. I mean, I just, I just love this guy. I love reading about how Jesus fights for the weak and the vulnerable. I love reading about that. There's that story where we read that the, um, the men of the, the town where Jesus was in caught a woman in adultery and had dragged her into the public space and were loading up with rocks to, to, to kill her by throwing rocks at her. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine actually just doing it? Can you imagine even just throwing one large rock at a person with the intent of hurting them? It's just, I mean, and then there was a, there was a guy involved as well. He's, he's, he's gone, because, but it's the woman who's the weak and vulnerable in that society. And so you've got this, this posse of, of guys that are ready to kill this woman because of what had happened, and Jesus just comes in and he, and, he, and he goes into battle. And he, and he says to them at one point, he says, if any of you is without sin, you throw the first stone. Love it. I love, I love that kind of wisdom that he, that he had, the wisdom that he had that changed lives. There was a guy called Zacchaeus. Uh, and again, if you've read the Bible, you may have read the story of Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and we all know how bad tax collectors are, right? I'd be a tough deal if you're a tax collector these days and you're trying to explore faith and you're, like, reading the scriptures, and it was always, they're pretty down on tax collectors. Um, I mean, it's, you know, someone's got to collect the tax. But Zacchaeus had, um, he wasn't just uh, doing his job. He was um, skimming a bit off the top, charging people more than he should have and was pocketing the difference and was basically a bit of a scoundrel. And this wisdom of Jesus, and, and like Zacchaeus, he was a short fellow, and he climbed a tree because he'd heard Jesus was in town, and there's a whole lot of rah-rah around Jesus. And, um, and Jesus saw him, and just, he obviously just got some kind of revelation about Zacchaeus um, as, a, as a man who was um, shunned by you know, everyone, really, except other tax collectors. And, um, and he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come and have dinner with you tonight. And there was something about that that just tweaked something in Zacchaeus and just thought, like, this guy's accepted me. And, and out, of that, out of that acceptance of Jesus, he just changed. And he said, I'm going to give everything back that I've, that I've stolen. It was just this wisdom that just came in at the moment. I love that. I love that wisdom. I love the nearness that Jesus had to the Father. Listen to this scripture here, John 17, 25. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you. And they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. 
just, just the way that he knew the, the nearness of the, that he had to the Father. I love the miracles. I love the miracles. I love, I love, I mean, there's some pretty cool ones that, you know, there's, there's a boy that's been possessed by a devil all his life and no one knew how to do about it and Jesus casts out the devil, you know, I love that. But then there's some other things that are pretty odd too, but it's just so cool. Like there was a point where they were, this group that was following Jesus around and someone had come to them and, and was demanding, like, you guys have got to pay some taxes. And one of the disciples came to Jesus and said, like, what are we going to do? I think it was to Peter, and, and he said, Peter, what, here's, here's what you're going to do. I want you to take your fishing rod, go down the beach, throw your line in, first fish you catch, have a look inside its mouth, and the money's going to be there. Better than that fishing that you're telling me about, Eros. <laughs> and the money was there. Four drachmas. I don't know, I've got no idea how much it is, but that's how much it was. I love the way that Jesus invested in people. And he called people and said, hey, come and, come and hang out with me. Come and, come and hang out with me. I'm gonna, I want to teach you guys about God and about how he wants us to live and about how he wants us to serve and how he wants us to be vehicles for God's love and power to change the world. There's these 12 guys, the 12 disciples, but then, then at one point he sends out 72. He must have had this huge big kind of thing going when he was just sowing into people and training them and investing in them. I love that. I love that he has a sense of humor. And a lot of, there's a book that was written back in 1964, a guy by Alton Trueblood. It was called The Humor of Christ. It's a cool book, hey, because a lot of the humor of Jesus kind of gets lost in cultural times and in translations. And, uh, but... Um, but it's a cool book, and you read it, and there's like so much wit and things. I mean, I mean, just an example, which you, you're very familiar with, and you don't realize it, just, just the humor of this. So Jesus is teaching, and he says, hey, so, uh, so you guys want to help other people? You want to be someone that makes a difference in other people's lives? And then, yeah. He says, well, here's a bit of advice. As you're trying to take that bit of sawdust out of your friend's eye, why do you start by taking that whole plank out of your eye? You know, and it's uh, things like that that he was saying all the time. And it's like, it's, it's, he's a witty guy. I love it. I love that he lived for the sake of others. He died for the sake of others. And I love this too, that he invites us into doing what he was doing. You know, as it got to the end of his time and he was heading towards the cross and he was saying to them, he said, you know, you guys are going to do what I did. You're going to do what I did. And you look, you read what he did. is like, you know, miraculous healings casting out of demons, bringing God's love, the good news that God is near and God is, God is a God of love, bringing that to people and seeing people say yes. He says, hey, 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 I want you guys to do that. I want you all to do it. He wants us to do it. And he invites us into living the way that we're supposed to live. Listen to this. I love this. You've probably heard this a lot of times, but this is out of the Message Bible, Matthew 11, 28 to 30. And again, it's just Jesus teaching. He says this. Are you tired? You're worn out? Are you maybe burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. 
I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll live, learn to live freely and lightly. How does that sound? I love that. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I like the sound of that. One of the things that uh, I tend to do on holidays is watch movies. Could I just say, be very careful starting a conversation about La La Land. Okay, people either love it or hate it. So just a warning, I'm just warning you, okay? I watched a movie called Woodlawn over the holidays and uh, it's a true story. Incredible movie, I just would love all of you to see this movie. It's the story of Woodlawn High School in, uh, in Birmingham, Alabama in 1973. Now the, nine, the 60s was, the battle was fought for equal rights for the blacks in, in America. And uh, it, was, it was, I mean, Martin Luther King, the, the hero of the, of the movement, was, was assassinated because of this. This was, a, this was a full-on battle. And then in the early 70s, you know, they're starting to, like, implement this stuff. And Alabama was, a, if I say that wrong, Alabama is the American pronunciation. Alabama is probably the New Zealand. It's mine. Okay, I'll just start with Alabama. should just listen to that song and just get that in my head. Yes, that, um, so the laws have changed and they're saying there is going to be no segregated schools anymore. And one of the first schools that they applied this non-segregation to was Woodlawn High School. And this is in the midst of a community where they are, because of all the stuff, there are riots, there is police brutality, there is crosses being burnt on lawns. There is just, there is a lot of anger and hate in, the, in these places. And the law is saying this school now will be integrated. And they have to escort, the, uh, the police have to escort a lot of the, the black students into the this, into this school. And this school has a, has a football team. And there are this mix of blacks and whites on this, uh, on this football team. And, um, and there is exactly the same happening in that football team as there is happening in this community. There's mistrust, there is, there is anger, there is hatred, there is, um, it's, a, it's a bad deal. And then this guy, Hank, comes along. Now, Hank had just in the last few months been to a Billy Graham crusade at a stadium. And Hank has just had this incredible encounter with Jesus. Incredible encounter with Jesus. It just changed his life. This guy, Hank. And Hank comes along to the coach at Woodlawn High School and says, hey, look, I'm just a Christian, and I'd just love to say a few inspiring words to the, to the team. Is that okay? And the coach goes like, well, no, I don't know who you are. You are a weirdo, Christian guy. And, um, and he just was persistent, and then eventually the coach says, okay, I'll give you five minutes. Anyway, he started talking to these guys, and um, and these these young young men from this football team were just riveted to what he, this guy said. And, and an hour later, he says, "So who wants to follow Jesus? Who wants to give their lives to Jesus?" 
and nearly the whole football team stood up and came forward and gave their lives to Jesus. Oh, I'm just, just saying it. It was just so, such a cool thing. This is a true story. It truly happened. And what happened there wasn't just like a, a thing where they did it and nothing happened. What happened was that the love of Jesus transformed the hearts of these, of these young men, just changed their hearts. And, and they realized that Jesus was calling them to love and they, because they had, they had this incredible encounter with Jesus, they, they, they came together and said, we've got to work out what it means to love. And this football team came together and was just this incredible um, example of the love of God in the, uh, in the midst of this incredibly tense time in this, in this place in, uh, in Birmingham. And, um, and what happened is that the town, the, the school got affected. Before you know it, there's prayer meetings popping up all around the school. And the town gets affected. The coach, the coach sees what's happening to his team. And there's a scene in the movie. You probably won't have to watch the movie. So. <laughs> now you do need to watch this movie. There's a scene where the coach comes to the, the church, which is entirely of you know, black people in, in, um, in the town. It's, where, it's the church that has star... Um, football player goes to this church and he comes in and he asks if he can say something and he gets up and he just says I have seen a miracle with the, the lives of these young men and whatever it is that I've got I want to have that you know and, and the pastor says well it's Jesus and he says well I want Jesus and, and he gets baptised in this church you know with um, you know just he's the only white face in the whole place his family you know and it's just it's just the coolest coolest thing you know and it's, this is this is the Jesus I've fallen in love with again over, over the last few weeks, you know. I see. And this is, this is real. This, this, is not just, this is not just stuff that happens, um, you know, in a different time, in a different place. It's happening in people's lives. You, you want to come down to the picnic and just, if you're brave enough, ask the person that you're, you're sitting near to or you're chatting to, it's just like, tell me, tell me something that Jesus has done for you. And listen to the stories that there is like, I mean, I get the privilege of being here and with all of you guys and hearing so many of your stories. It's just so cool. It's just so cool. Saw another movie um, that was called The 33. Has anyone heard of that movie? The 33 is a movie about the miners, the 33 miners in Chile that got trapped down in that mine um, a few years back. You remember that? About like seven years ago. And um, just an incredible thing. Now, the, now, I know that people get trapped in mines and they don't get out. And so I'm not saying that there was anything more special about these guys than anything others. It was, um, but uh, just watching this movie and um, whatever, for whatever reason, one of the guys that was trapped down there with these miners was a pastor. And, uh, and I'll tell you what, it's, like, it's amazing how in a situation where that's, it's like, Highly unlikely that these guys, they all, they all survived the mine collapse, the 33 of them, and, um, but the expectation that they weren't going to get out was just about 100%. And, uh, and so what do they do? They, just, they all turn to the pastor. And these, and these guys, they were just getting their, their lives sorted out before God and, and, um, and in, that, in that place. You know, they were finding Jesus in the midst of that. And, and the, mir- the miracle was that they all got out. And there is this, oh, there's a slide. There's a next slide that's up there. There's a photo of, um, of what they, 
wrote, wrote on the cave before they came out, and it says, you know, it says, oh, it has a bad photo, I couldn't get the whole thing, but here lived 33 miners from August the 5th to October, whatever it was, and then it says at the bottom, God was with us. You know, just a story of, of again, of just people, like, connecting with God in this incredible way and, uh, and feeling their love, love for God. Yeah, I've got to tell you, I'm just unashamedly just a passionate, sold-out follower of Jesus. And, um, you know, I've, I just love the time I've had over this last little while over summer, and I know many of you will have too, just of, I've been able to spend time just walking and talking with Jesus. And because um, what happens when, when I do that is that I fall more in love with my wife. I just feel more peace in terms of the things, the, the challenges that are in front of me. I feel, um, I feel more excitement about the adventures that uh, are in front of me with, with life. And um, there's, there's joy. A lot of, the Bible talks a lot about joy. And uh, I'm going to talk some about joy this year because um, um, it's what we're it's it's the expectation of of what should be what our lives should be, and that's what I find. I walk and talk with Jesus, joy just somehow just gets released into into who I am. A lot of you guys would have heard of um, Pete Grieg, who is the founder of the 24-7 prayer movement. I know that many of us did our 24-7 prayer thing last year at the hub where we came in and prayed. Each one had an hour and we did different things there. And uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. But the guy who, who started that whole thing, uh, um, he's written a couple of books and um, I was, I've read his book, Dirty Glory, over this uh, last, uh, last month. And he says this in it. He says, I don't pray because I'm into prayer. I pray because I'm into Jesus, so we talk. You'll have heard of um, Mother Teresa and her organization, the Missionaries of Charity. And um, she received a Nobel Medal. And um, when she received that, and she gave a little bit of a speech, and she said this in the midst of the speech, we may be doing social work in the eyes of the people, but we are really contemplatives in the heart of the world. We are touching the body of Christ 24 hours a day. And it's like, you know, they're not... They're not into justice. They're into Jesus. And it just flows out of there. They fight his enemies. They befriend his friends. And, and when they catch sight of Jesus in the faces of the poor, they worship him. So, you know, because of my love for Jesus, I, just, I find myself just looking for him in all sorts of places. I look for him in movies. I, I, um, I do a little bit of spearfishing, and um, I find that, I'm looking for Jesus in the midst of that. I find that just being in his creation and, and you know, in the water and I just feel his, I don't know, just, just him flowing in my soul. I, I, I find that when I'm out of my depth in life, I turn to him for help. I find that when I am wondering about what's ahead, I turn to him and bring those questions here. I find that I'm, I'm drawn to, to read books that that draw me closer to him. I like putting things around my house that remind me of him. I'm just into Jesus. But how about you? It's, you know, we're kind of kicking off a, a new year in, in many ways and school starts, starts the start of this last week. And, but 
But how about you? Do you want to say yes to Jesus again? I know that for many of you, it's been something that you've done years ago, something that you've done maybe more recently, is said yes to following Jesus, to knowing him more. You may be here and you've never done that. You may not even really know what that means. What does that mean, to, to, to follow Jesus? But yeah, even though you may not know what it means, you're kind of going, I think this is a good thing. I know it sounds, this, this sounds good, and, this is, and it will. It is good. It will lead you into peace and joy and hope and help you to know what you're made for. So I'm just going to ask you to do something. And... I'm going to ask you that if you, if you want to say yes this morning, either for the first time or the 101st time, if you want to say yes to following Jesus once again, I'm going to ask you to, to stand just in, in a minute. And um, like I say, it may be the, for the first time, and it may be just, just again, like I said, like, yeah, I'm just going to, I want to do that again. I've been a Christian for 50 years, and I'm just going to do it again then I'll just ask you just to stand. And it's like, it's not going to be like stand and then I'm going to trick you into doing anything. It's just to stand. And just in your own heart, just go, yep, I'm in. So why don't we do that? If that's you, why don't you, why don't you stand? And I'd love to pray with you. Love to pray for you. God, sometimes it's uh, it's just what we need. It's someone just giving us a nudge to to say yes to the and, and to sign up all over again. Or to say yes and just sign up for the very first time. But God, I want to pray for everyone here. Everyone standing here, that's, this one just said, you know, it's yes again for me. It's yes for me. I want to pray, God, right now that you would release the, the power of your Holy Spirit into them, God, that you would fill them afresh with your Holy Spirit. That as they say yes to this and they're saying yes to like Jesus, you're the one I live for. You're the one I follow. You're the one I'm going to orientate my whole life around trying to, to, to know your plans and purpose for me and step into them, to say no to the things that are, that are not of you and to say yes to the things that are. God, I pray, release to them, God, this morning afresh your, the power of your Holy Spirit to enable them to do that so that they wake up in the morning and they say, they say this is the day that the Lord has made. I am going to serve you. I am going to follow you. I am going to do my best. I'm going to turn to you when I stumble. I'm going to turn to you when I'm in need. And I'm going to turn to you to celebrate the things that are good. Enable us, God, to be people that each day follow you. To follow you and to pursue you and to grow in knowing you and loving you. We'll just get the worship team to come up. I'd like to just, I know that we're supposed to finish at 11 o'clock, but that's the trouble when you get the preacher back, you know? Like, it's just, ah, oh, no, he's gone long again. I'd just love us to sing this song that we sang just as we finished our worship time about the beautiful name of Jesus. Why don't we all stand now?
And uh, we'll just close with this song. And look, just one thing too, I just felt like the Lord gave me a nudge uh, about this morning as, as, uh, as I was praying. If there are people here, come on in kids, it's so good to have you here. You guys are awesome. If there is, if there is anyone here that is just almost asking this of God, like, God, I just don't know if you're real. I don't know about this whole thing. I kind of feel like giving up. It just, uh, I just don't know about the whole thing. And you've almost been praying, God, you've got to show me. You've got to show me you're real. If that's you this morning, I would love to pray for you. I just feel like God is wanting to, to do something with you this morning that is going to just, just show you. He's going to answer the questions, and he's just going to show you just how real just how real he is and just how much his love is for you. So you're welcome. We're going to just sing this song together as we finish. And um, so you're welcome to come on up during that song or as we, as we, after we've finished, just come on up. But uh, I'd love to pray for you. And if there's heaps of you, maybe just our pastoral leadership team, just keep an eye on that. And some of you could perhaps come up as well and, and pray for people. But um, we'd love to do that. So I have to say it is wonderful being, uh, being with you all this morning. But let's just finish with this song of worship together.